Welcome back, guys, to episode 115 of That Tattoo Show, a YouTube show and a weekly podcast. This is what I like to call the Sunday show. I'm your presenter, Paul, and I'm joined by... Oh, you're doing that fucking shit again, you? And I am your other presenter, Chris. Joined by my sidekick. Yeah, I, I reckon, <laughs> right, give, give it a couple of weeks' time now, it's going to be like, welcome to That Paul Show. <laughs> welcome to my show, That Paul Show. I uh, hope you're well on this Sunday morning, uh, and we think we've got some interesting stuff coming up for you. There's no news this week. It's been a slow news Ooh, week. I, I, I've got one bit of news. Have you? I've noticed something. All right, well, hold on a minute then. Yeah, Let me finish yeah, yeah. the I'm intro. Just, I'm just telling you, know, you. It's the format of the fucking show. This is actually I'm the format of the you. show. I try to say words and he interrupts And the same me. works both That's ways. Basically, though. if you've been here for the last three years, because we had our birthday the other day, we are now officially three years old as a channel. Uh, so if you've been around for the last three years, you know that basically I've been trying to complete a sentence for three years now and have never got to the end of a sentence ever because uh, Chris is the living full stop. Hang on, um, hang on. I just let, so I just let you finish the whole sentence then. Yeah, only because I'm telling him off. You see what I mean? See what I mean? He's just making his point. He's like a living internet troll. Uh, so <laughs> there's not really play. any news. Chris has got a... Um, you're the cross between an internet troll and a traffic warden, I think. You know what I mean? So it's one of them. You know, I think if Chris ever stopped tattooing, I think being a traffic warden would be his perfect get job. Get a real job, like. You know. <laughs> get a real... If he decides to get a real job... Oh, I'd be such yeah, a... Job. I'd a fucking warden. argue, like, fuck with the people, I would. I would. I'd proper fucking wind them up. Fuck, I don't uh, care. See what I mean? Yeah, so coming up, last week we talked about Tattoo Gate, um, and you guys were amazing in the comments. I've got to be honest, I'm really proud of you. Like, you weren't internet trolley at all. There were some really, really good comments and some really interesting ideas. So many of them that instead of answering them one at a time, I really wanted to uh, pick up on a couple of them and discuss them on here because I think it's really interesting for all of us as a community to share yeah. our ideas about something that would appear to have touched a nerve that we're all struggling with and we all want to make a change but none of us really know how to do it so that's coming up uh, a little bit later in the show but first it's time for the only news item we've got chris yo bro <laughs> what's in the news mate it'll never not be funny like it'll never no, not only a little funny. bit of news <laughs> I know. <laughs> Stop being funny about four months ago. <laughs> yeah, so only, only, I just picked up with something the other day. Uh, you remember the capillary cartridges? You liked them, didn't you? The Cheyenne ones? Yeah, they're good. Yeah, they're really good. Buggers to wash out, but I don't think they're really designed for that. Yeah, I think they're mostly designed for like black work and lining and stuff, but they have brought out now, they've expanded the range. There you go. Hopefully we'll get a hold of a few and we'll be able to do a review of them in the future for yeah. you. And Tatsu, Tatsu have got Supermax coming out as well. It's all coming back to me. It's all coming back to me. It's like, doo -doo 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 -doo. yeah, tats. and that's not the news. Yeah. Apparently, there's some more news. Welcome to the ADHD section of the show where we talk about random shit in yeah. weird orders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, um, sometimes you're not talking to fucking Yoda. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I, I've noticed I speak like Yoda sometimes. Uh, no, Tatsol have brought out, and they call them super mags, but they bought, they've started bringing out now larger magnum groupings of like, I think like 39 or 49 mags. So, I let you know what they're like in a couple of good, weeks. Good, 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 good. Don't mind a 40 mag. Been using a lot of 27 mags lately in my work, actually. There's been a lot of requirements for 27 mags just recently. I seem to go through runs. I think it's when my tattoos are starting to require a bit of background. It's like, oh, 27 mag yeah. time. Here we go. Do you know what's interesting, you know? though? Like, you know, when you look at the big mags, like, I was just, this is what I do sometimes when I'm tattooing and I'm trying out the different needles. And I'm like, I think with the, 
I can get the same amount of coverage at the same amount of, you know, in the same amount of time using a 15 medium, medium, no, um, sorry, a 15 medium taper 12 gauge needle as I can with a 49 mag. Yeah, well, the big mags, I'd like to see how they're going to cope with it because, like, it was my experience of using big mags is that they're, they're a bit wobbly to be honest with you, because of how long they are on the solder. I mean, I guess if this is from the days when they were soldered by hand, but I guess if they're soldered uh, mechanically or some sort of automated process, yeah. they'll be more consistent. It'd be interesting to try them. I've never, you know, the 27s that we've got a bug pin, so they're about the same about the same width as a, a 23, regular 23 mag. Um, I, I don't really ever use them for, like, soft black and grey backgrounds and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think they're better Generally, for shading... Yeah, generally for for putting for putting ink in, really putting ink in. Um, I don't go above a fifteen mag. All standard needles. In case you're even slightly interested, fifteen mags about the limit. And they're fucking messy as well. Um, well, I don't know if the needles are messy, or it's just because you're using really really thin ink, lining ink, and shading ink and stuff. You know, so it's that is inherently messy. I've, when I've done like know. blackout work with like a forty nine mag. I just feel like they're st- they splatter more. They're, they're just a lot messier yeah, I, I, than if you use a smaller needle. I'd never really try to black anything out with the 49 mag. I just use a 15 mag. I, I, I wouldn't mind betting I can get it done quicker with a 15 mag than you can get it done with a 49 mag because it's... I don't know if a 49 mag would lie... You know, imagine doing like a leg or a wrist. If some people, a 49 mag would be the width of their wrist, so you'd have needles hanging over the end. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I've got to be honest, I'm not a huge fan. I've always thought, you know, 27 was far enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and with that, that's the news, unless Chris is going to remember something midway through this sentence like he does seem to be doing all day today. <laughs> if not, I'm going to get to the end of the sentence and be able to say, it's time for your comments. <laughs> It's comments time. So as I was saying at the top of the show, um, last week we were talking about the recent Tattoo Gate controversy. Uh, we did have something else planned to talk about this this week, but when I was reading through the comments, I was really blown away with some of the ideas and some of the feedback and some of people's thoughts on... You know, the the whole idea of charging for artwork yeah. and the way, you know, like pretty much what we were talking about last week, the, you know, the times have changed and we, we do need to have a look at the business model. And I just thought there was a couple of really interesting comments. So I'm going to read them off my phone. So you'll have to apologise. I will have to apologise, you know, looking down like I do. But I'm going to have to do that for a certain uh, for a certain section of this. But I think each one of these comments have us talking about it for a couple of minutes. So I think we're probably not like last week. Like we didn't get out the news section. I think this week we're probably not going to get out the comments section. So in the first comment, uh, Paolo Madeira twenty seven eighty four says, "I agree to us charge a certain fair amount for the artwork, but not that silly amount that woman is doing in Canada." Fair comment. That is fair. Make like a rate of a quarter of the rate you charge for tattooing. If you charge 100 an hour for tattooing, charge 25 for uh, drawing. If it takes you four hours for the design, charge the extra 100 at the end of the tattoo. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think it's a good yeah. idea, the good way of doing it, right? Um, the consultation charges are ridiculous. Only lawyers charge that. That depends on the nature of the consultation, I think. But, yeah, in principle, I agree. Yeah. So, yes, I agree with fair charge for drawing, but also to be transparent about what you charge before you make the first consultation. So um, I think that's a really good idea. Like, take your hourly rate 
and then have a percentage of your hourly rate be your drawing yeah. rate. Do you know the only downside no I see to that? The only, the, the only downside I see to that is, you know, there are a lot of people within the tattoo industry that are greedy fuckers. Uh, as we've all, I've no, this is the whole reason why this video is happening. And I think what they might end up doing and, and go, well, if I'm gonna wanna, if I'm gonna charge a quarter of my hourly rate, you know, I want to be making this much an hour drawing my design. So then they'll end up potentially putting up their hourly rate, so their quarter hourly rate for drawing is higher. So that, 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 like, as, as sound as that idea is, and it's a really good idea, it does open up that potential of tattoo artists increasing their hourly rate so their quarter of an hour, uh, quarterly hour rate is, is higher. So that, that's the only negative I could see from yeah, that. Yeah, I get that. Um, consultations charges being ridiculous. Uh, only lawyers charge that. I think... Um, Yes, possibly. Yeah, I think you're actually right. If somebody's just calling you and going, hey, I was thinking of getting, you know, this tattoo, and you go, yeah, that'll work, and charging for that is a bit ridiculous, or a Zoom call or something like that. But if somebody's coming in for a very, very long conversation and, is, you know, he's going to sit there and you're going to print some stuff out and you're going to try it on the skin and you're going to, you know, like... You know, I mean, I've done this with people in the past where we've printed out a couple of things while they were having the consultation, just regular printouts, not stencils or anything, and then just taped it onto the arm to take photographs so they could get an idea of what we were talking about. Um, I think if you're going to take time, like a good chunk of time out your day, if, if that consultation is going to take two hours, then I think it's kind of fair then to go, hang on a minute, so, like I'm about to take two hours out my day, you know. So the way I look at that is, so like if you look at builders, carpenters, bricklayers and so on, when they're going to do a job, they have to go measure up, you know, do a quote, write it up, price it up. So that's to them, like that's their, that's their equivalent of our consultation. And without yeah. doing that... They can't get the work, so I think for me, I, I'm happy to sit down with with clients. I'll, I'll try and do as much as I can via email first. Oh, me too. I mean, I don't charge for I don't charge for consultations, but I, I think that depends on the nature of the kind of consultation that you're doing. Like without the consultation, you're not going to do the job. You're not going to get the work. You need to speak to the clients in order to fucking have an understanding of what they want, and charging people to speak to you is a massive put off. And I think it may also hinder your business, especially if you're at a low skill level. I know like, uh, like I don't want to use it as an example, but I'm sure like um, at one point Kat Von D was charging for consultations. And I think that's purely to you know, weed out like, you know, the super fans that just want to talk to her. And that's you know, exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. So like in certain circumstances, that's completely understandable. But I think just general day to day tattoo artists, I don't think there should be a consultation for you because without those consultations, you just don't have the work. And then the other part of that comment is be transparent about what you charge. And I think that's a really good point. And it's a, it's a bigger part of all of this is I think that any system works really well. We can all choose to do it how it suits us, providing we're really transparent with the client of what they're paying for and when they're going to be charged and how they're going to be charged and what they can expect. Yeah. And I think that's the big takeaway from that comment is... You know, transparency is really key to this, you know, and I think that, you know, it, that makes all the difference in the world, you know, and not hiding things. To me, that, you know, that's something that I've, I've focused on is like this build, this build, this build. That's how, that's how you do it, you know. I had, a, I, had a, I had a conversation with my client today and I was we were talking about like Tattoo Gate and stuff like that and about like how people charge in 
Um, and, you know, gauging from that conversation, a lot of the general public, they still expect that old school kind of like walk into a tattoo shop, what is the price? And, um, and, and that's what you pay. So I think it's... You've got a few people that are going to be. It's going to, you've got a few people that are doing this new model where they charge for artwork and so on. But the general population, the majority of people, are still on that old model of pricing. So whilst tattooing has kind of like moved on, you know, custom artwork and and you know different experiences for different people and so on. I think the general public's perception on tattooing is still back in like the nineteen nineties where. You just walk into a studio, you see a design on the wall. Get okay, so. Yeah, and yeah, al- yeah. and also like what, all, what what you've also got to compete with as well is, you know, like if you look at the the town that I'm in, you've got four or five tattoos in our town. Somebody will come into me with a photograph of a tattoo and say, "I want this," and I'll just be like, "Look, I can't copy that. That's someone else's design." You know, number one, they probably cop they own the copyright to that. It's disrespectful to steal someone's work. They would go into the other shop and go, "I want this." And they will just take a fucking... Like, I've seen them. They've, they'll just take a trace off the picture that they've given yeah. them. So you've also got that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've got a comment to that effect coming up in a minute. But I think a lot of these problems um, are are born out of, the, like I was saying last week, that any if you've got any differences in the way you do things to your the, the other studios around you, instead... In, that will be used as a stick to beat you with because of the competition. And so um, Daniel Medina, 7572, said, I would love to charge for the design process, but unfortunately, where I live, that's not the norm in the tattoo community. Most of my... now, So he's working somewhere where he'd like to do designs, but the other tattooists all say, oh, no, no, we don't charge for it. So this is where he finds himself. And I think a lot of you will um, will recognise this. So, most of my free time is used to drawing up designs for upcoming appointments. I swear 30% of the time they request changes. I'm seriously considering taking a leave of absence. I'm pretty much burnt out and people don't realise the stress artists go through. Uh, fuck all the other terrorists, right, for a start, right? Because what you're doing by allowing yourself to get burnt out and stressed about all of this when you want to charge for designs is all of those other tattooists are running your business now right you ain't running your business like you've got to think about it for yourself fuck them just do what you want to do and get like educate your clients and the other tattooists can moan about you until they're blue in the face just ignore them just just ignore them I won't let other tattoo studios or other tattooists run my business for me. I don't care what other tattooists say about me. I don't care what other studios say about me. It's like I run my business my way, right? And so when clients come to me, they get this service that I think is the uh, the most human and the best way of doing the service, you know, and doing what I do, which is, you know, in all fairness, without blowing my own trumpet, a fairly unique style of artwork, Um for to, to the best of my abilities with clients that appreciate it and uh, how I run my business is nobody else's concern and if all the other tattooists around me go well he's not a real tattooist well fuck it I don't care who says I'm not a real tattooist like bollocks to him like, I'm, I am actually really tattooing so screw it who gives a all shit right, let me know? interject with it right so it is slightly different with you like you have got a very uh, unique style um, and quite a niche 
market within the tattoo industry in the UK. Yeah, yeah. So I think for you to turn around and charge somebody... I think you'll find it's tattoo industry worldwide, mate. It's like, like, let's have it right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. There's trash, there's, there's trash everywhere, like, do you mean? But, uh, <laughs> no, what... Potato, potato. Exactly. Well, no, but what I'm getting at is, like, you are in a position where only you can do a Paul Talbot design. Yeah. And so then when you look at, say, for example, some tattooists that do, like, your run-of-the-mill traditional, run-of-the-mill neo-trad, run-of-the-mill new school, you know, when they do something that, like, fucking so many other artists can do, then they're going to be like, well, I'm going to charge for my design. And it's going to be like, why would I pay you for a design when I can get another new school artist or a traditional artist or so on to do what I... To, do you mean? So you, I, I think, yes... Obviously, charging for your designs, fair enough. If you want to do it, you want to do it. But you've also got to make sure that it doesn't have a negative impact on your business. Because if there is someone else in the same town or the same vicinity, yeah. or like radius as your town, that can do what you do to the same standard of what you can do it, but not charge for the drawing, the likelihood is they're not going to go with you. They're going to go with a person that's not charging because customers want to pay sometimes as little as possible for a lot. No, it's just the it's just the way it goes with, with with consumers. Yeah, yeah. But so I think you've got to look at your level as a tat wise, and I think I, I mentioned this in a comment on somebody. Uh, you've got to look at the level you are at as a tat artist and and as an illustrator. You've also got to look at how it would have you no know, how charging for a design would have an impact on your business. Would it have a negative impact? You no, know, should you even be charging yeah, yeah. just because you? have to draw is part to, of the fucking business you've got you, to draw tattoos yeah, to do tattoos. I mean, but to be honest with you, what I would do with something like that, uh, you know, say I was doing uh, traditional Japanese style tattoos, you know, and and um, almost all of that is, it's there, there's references and I'm redrawing stuff and there was another Japanese artist in the same town as me and I decided to start charging for designs and clients come in and go, oh well, so-and-so down the road doesn't charge for his designs. I go, yeah, but you won't see your design from him until the morning of the appointment. You get to see mine two weeks in advance and you get a round of amendments included in that price that I give you. And what I would do is I would turn the lemons into lemonade and I would make that, I charge for this because it's better for you. You will see your design. You can put it on the fridge for a couple of weeks and then any changes, we can make them. And I... I would look at it like that so that when so-and-so down the road, you know, we like to say Dave down the road goes, wow, I don't charge for designs. You go, yeah, but I don't see it till the morning of the appointment. So I'm going to go with the bloke up the road because he designs it and I get to see it and change it if I need to and go, oh, I, I wanted a different kind of core. You go, no worries, mate. I'll just drop another one in for you. And I, I would be inclined to change my service and make those things a selling point, you know, yeah, well, and make that's them a, yeah, a big that, deal. That, that's, that's a good thing to do. But like, like I said, it's... Marketing you, 101. You will get clients that will still... You, you, you're you not going to get away from it. You are going to have some people that will go... Yeah, but yeah, what, you've, what you've got to understand there is you're not like... You're, you're not going to get every client. What you've, no, got no. To, what you've got to stop doing is chasing after every client and just get the quality clients. Yeah. If you've got somebody that comes in that wants a 30 quid, wants to pay 30 quid for a 300 quid tattoo, do you, like, would, do you want those clients or do you want to focus on getting the clients that will pay 300 quid for a 300 yeah, quid tattoo? But, but at the same t- yeah, no, but at the same time as well, right, you do have clients that are completely willing to pay, you know, top dollar for their tattoos... Some will even leave a tip, but because 
traditionally we don't charge for designs. The second you turn around to them and say it's a design fee, they'll be like, well, I'll take my however many thousand pounds elsewhere. But the problem there is is you run into the problem that we're all in now and that all all of us run into that we are and now at a point where we either accept that we'll all be stressed, burnt out, fucking knackered, uh, and staying up till two in the morning drawing, or we start charging for designs, right? Because the business has well, changed. That, or you have time management, like. The, the time management has definitely got no. something to do with it. I don't think any amount of time management in the world will help you to get to find an extra day of the week to draw shit for free that you're not being paid for. How are you, If you're going to have a full-time job and you're going to spend 40 hours working on your tattoos, yeah. where are you going to find 40 fucking free hours? I understand you what you're saying. Yeah, I understand it's what you're saying. your life. Yeah, but like right? a lot you of people do don't that. spend it's that much fair. time. A lot of people don't spend that much time on designs. As we've seen in Tattergate, they just looks like they copied that design no, off Google. I mean, I, I, that to me is, you know, it's that's a dead end conversation to me because all that that does is leaves shit as it is. And we're yeah. like, if you've got, so, I mean, I'm lucky, right? I'm not, I'm, I'm not stressed. I'm not burnt out. I'm not struggling. I've fixed all my problems based on my own business model, and I'm doing absolutely fine. But if if you were, like you say, if you were doing. Tattoos that are not individual in style, that there's maybe three artists in the same town as you. Maybe I'm doing black and grey, right? I love doing black and grey. but So maybe I'm doing black and grey roses and I'm slinging them out all day, right? Um, and everybody in my town does black and grey roses. Then, and I, in, in order to be competitive, I've got to draw everything up for free. Instead of going home and enjoying a film with my missus, I've got to sit there scribbling on an iPad until two o'clock in the morning every day. How long do you want to do that for before you've got no life? But that's right? where if I go goes, work yeah, in a bar, I just finish fucking work and come home. Yeah, but that's where it goes to the like the, the the traditional business model of you have a higher hourly rate. But that's fine. The traditional business model should be applied to the traditional way of getting tattoos. Walk in the shop, pick some flash, sit the fuck down, and get tattooed. Yeah, I but enjoy no, but, shit. But the higher you you uh, what people have done is they've got a higher hourly rate to compensate for the design. So then you are, where you're lacking in transparency and including the cost in the overall, sorry, the design cost in the overall price of the tattoo, like you're still making that money. So like you could theoretically look at it and go, right, I need one day a week free to draw all my designs. I currently charge this much money. If I take away one day worth of work, then I'm losing this much. So I just need to put my hourly rate up to this much in order to, you know, yeah. Yeah, come yeah. for that loss of a one day. Now, if you do it like that, you're not going to be stressed out or burnt out because you've, you've managed your time and you've worked everything out in a way that you're still earning the same amount of money, you work in that one less day a week tattooing and you've got your designs done on that day. It's a complete day, just dedicated to drawing. And then you've got your evenings free to do whatever you want. Play ping pong, you know, do gardening and whatever, like, isn't it? But because the price is hidden, the other tattooists in, the, in your town go, oh, you don't want to go there, he's expensive, he is. He's much more expensive yeah. than us. But then if you are a better tattoo artist than they are, you just turn around and go... Well, you know, I'm better than them, so that's why I charge what I charge. Yeah, you know, exactly. I just think a, a little bit of um, professional courtesy could be applied in the world of tattooing, and we could, uh, you know, there was always it, it always used to exist, but now it, it sadly doesn't seem to exist. Uh, Darth Fader, oh one, good name. 
Uh, hey guys, great show as always. Do you know when Eternal will have a colour range for the EU? No, but now I'm on the Eternal Pro team, I can ask them for you. <laughs> right, so Curious GTV 1512 says, I've been tattooing 20 years, always used pencil and paper for designing until I went digital two years ago. I always used to charge a draw up fee when using my old school method methods as it did take a lot of drawing supplies and time to design them. But since going digital, I do all custom designs on the day of the appointment and it gets included into the hourly rate in the total cost at the end of the day. Um, now, I quite, like, I quite like that as an idea. What, what I'd like to see is the client knowing that there's a portion of that is the time I spent drawing your artwork this morning. Because that works really well for me. Clients arrives in the morning. You've had a conversation a couple of months ago about the thing that they were doing. They come in. You can check that they haven't changed their mind and walked in with a completely different idea, which does happen sometimes. And then you can go, right, here's a cup of coffee. Give us a couple of hours. I'll be back. In, you know, yeah. I'll be back and I'll draw it up. And then you can get a rough sketch done. Is that what you're thinking? Yes, mate. That's perfect. Right. Hang on and a minute. Let me just go and finish this thing, off. Like. See, this is where I like the hybrid approach. Like I, I've, I love working with clients on designs uh, in person because I think when you do, and obviously since COVID, you do a lot of online consultations now. And what I found is like sometimes they can't really get across what they want. So, yeah. and it's not all the time. It's just every now and then. So like I had one client that I was doing a Star Wars chess piece on um, and they wanted like full on cyberpunk neon as fuck. Just in my head, right? I got this fucking epic idea, but I was unsure if they would have kind of were vibing with the idea that I had. So I think with that one, I was like, look, man, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to mock up what I think would look cool everything's on separate layers and then me and you can sit down before we do the tattoo and we'll just fucking quickly come in a little bit earlier. We'll, we'll sit down, we'll have a chat. And when, when he came in, we sat down, we had a chat, we just moved a couple of things around. I explained to him my idea and he was like, oh yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I want. And I think it's like that extra communication that you get with your clients, like in person, definitely improves the outcome of the overall design because like and they, they feel like they're involved with it as well rather than like going to somebody and going this is what i want and then being unsure or just kind of going like and some people are like oh they feel awkward saying no and they end up with a title that they don't yeah, want so when they're there you can be like what, i think it depends you if you're you know if you're commissioning a craftsman to make something for you then it's it's perfectly acceptable to be involved but if you're um, if you're commissioning an artist uh, with their own style, then you probably don't want to get involved in it at all. Because if no, not, no, like say with you, you, you wouldn't. Would you? Uh, everything that you add to it is just going to make it not not work. You know what I mean? So I think with that, that, that's where you get into that difference between art and craft, right? And neither's wrong, neither's right. You know, but I think that. That's another thing that comes up is that if you're working with somebody who's on the craft side of the world of tattooing, then client coming in, discussing what it's going to be, going through the technical um, limitations of certain things and explaining that to the client, it's all part of that process. Um, and that makes a lot of sense. But for if you want to buy a piece of art from an artist that's got a style, you're probably better off staying out of it as much as you can. I mean, I certainly do that when I'm getting tattoos. Like, when I get tattoos off friends, and I'm, and, and I'm like, look, I'm coming to you for what you do. Do what you do. I don't, like, I'm not even going to give you a theme, right? I'm just going to tell you where it's going. Yeah. And, like, you just do what, do what you feel like doing, you know? 
um, because I think it just makes um, more well, sense. I, I was about to say. Uh, do you, so do I've you got know, one for. Here's a random. No, no, I was going to say, like, what I was about to say. Um, when I had my chest tattooed done by uh, Tanae Whitfield, I just told him what I wanted. I said, I want a fucking Tyrannosaurus Rex with a top hat and a monocle. I want a Tyrannosaurus Rex with a top hat and a monocle. And then I let him do his thing because he's got a specific style. And I, I was just like, my only, uh, my, the only change that I made to it was like, I don't want you to. See, I think my certain styles lend themselves to that, right? Because that that really works. You, you know, to, for somebody who draws in a very illustrative style, you just give them a, an, an idea. Um, but I, I have to, the example that I use to people is that sounds fine. You know, if you went to somebody who illustrates and said, I, I want, I want a, a grungy Phoenix design, yeah. uh, you know, they would, they would do that. Right. And I have to say to them, but in my world, that's a chicken on fire. Cause that's literally what a Phoenix is going to look like because I'm going to right, there, are, there is no reference of a Phoenix. So the nearest creature I can get to it is a chicken. It's a fiery and I'm chicken. just going to set it on fire. I love the idea of having a chicken on fire as a tattoo, but and if you want one, come and get it. I'll, I'll chuck it on you. But <laughs> so you got what a I chicken try and say to people is there's certain phoenix. ideas. Don't, yeah, chicken that identifies as a phoenix, but there are certain ideas that don't translate that well into certain styles. Like if you illustrate, then you know that's that makes sense, you know. But you know, they're, they're, and that's why everybody has to build the business model for themselves. So I've got one here for you that, um, I've got to be honest, I didn't understand this comment at all. Um, so I'm going to have a go at reading it, right? There's lots of smiley faces in it. I'm not going to do all of them. It'll be on screen in front of you anyway. Um, here is my two cents sense, right? Two cents sense. The sound is good. You are great, but please don't smash my greenhouse as it's oh, the you only don't way I is. can grow food to stay alive. So no. at the end, we said, I said, we've got two, we've got, we've got some new microphones. Let us know what you think of the audio. Oh, fuck me. There was somebody that actually give a shit. And then I think oh, okay. you made a comment about throwing stones in glass houses. People in glass houses shouldn't throw stones is the, uh, was the, the phrase I was getting at. So apparently a stone is just a stone to some people, yet if you craft that boring stone into something interesting or amazing, then folks will give a nugget of gold in exchange. Feel free to smash my greenhouse with golden nuggets. Win-win situation. Yeah. But at the same time, right, if you were charging people golden nuggets and the type of drawings that you're doing aren't representative of a golden nugget, you know, or the value of a golden nugget, then you shouldn't I've be doing be it. I've got to be honest, I'm fucking, com I'm completely lost. Basically. This is Black Thistle Tattoo. Sorry if I, I'm not taking the piss out of you, I'm just completely lost with this. I don't even understand the end. What do you say? I don't, don't even know, understand what, what, the last what, what, bit. Stay what, 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 purple pony boy. What the fuck does that mean? What the fuck is a pony boy? Is that some sort of like weird sex thing? Hang on, let me find out what pony boy means. What, what is a pony boy? Man, I've, I've fucking, I don't understand the internet, honestly. But then there's a picture of a unicorn at the end, and I'm like, "Was it? That's is that a what, is that a purple pony as a unicorn? I don't get it, or am I being too literal? Because I do have a habit of being a little bit literal every now and again. So, but thanks for your comments anyway. I I didn't get it. Clearly, Chris understood it. Um, I think that one was lost in internet translation. I'm too analog for that comment. So, Annika Garrett, forty two oh eight, said, "Where I am, the average rate is five hundred pound a day. That's uh, so that's in pounds. So that's uh, UK." Uh, and then she also commented, artists can charge anything that they like at the end of the day. Yes, they can. Absolutely. I replied I, I I re I re I to that. Let me answer that one. I actually replied to that. 
Um, and I'm going to read out what I replied. So what my response to that was like, I totally agree. Uh, my personal opinion on the subject, though, is if you are charging somebody for work, then it's only fair to the client to give them value. In a time where there's so many amazing artists, there will be more uh, competition. And if someone is charging high prices for substandard work, they risk losing more clients as someone who is or who has a higher standard of work could be charging less. Providing clients with a great tattoo and giving them something of value, in my opinion, is good business practice. And then I went, you know, as an example, a local artist near my studio was charging close to what we charge for a day rate over the last year. They've gradually lowered their prices as the work they produce compared to what they charge and also compared to the other studios in the town is so dramatically different that potential clients are noticing. So the level of their work compared to their price has had a detrimental effect on their business. So while our Artists can charge what they want. Should they charge more based on their skill? How level? do you know uh, what your skill level is? Like, how do you do, do? You decide that for yourself. You know. So I'm just going. I'm just going through a couple of these com- comments uh, to see because we've covered a couple of the things that are you know um, that kind of make sense. In the example of that that shop I'm talking about is, you know, when they've taken a design off the internet, a picture of a tattoo done that tattoo on someone's hand and then posted a photograph of the actual picture they stole it from right next to it and the tattoo looks nothing like the picture, then obviously their skill level is not at the standard that it should be at to be charging the prices they should be charging. Yeah, I mean, I think like, I think from what most people have been saying in the comments is that we all agree that, you know, at some point we, are, we do need to find a way of charging for the work that we're doing outside of the actual tattooing bit. But certainly the, the only yeah. crime that this person is guilty of um, in the tattoo gate thing was of a misstep and, like, maybe going, mate, come on, like, 1,500 quid. Like, you know, to have your client out 2,600 bucks without even a drawing is, like, come on now. You're having a laugh. Yeah. The, the lack of transparency, uh, I think the lack of transparency in the customer service as well that was provided, maybe it came across as if they were like gaslighting the client into kind of, and I really don't like using that word, but the, the gaslight, gaslighting the client into making out that it was their fault that they done the drawing wrong yeah. when they clearly give them So examples. to pick up on kind of, because one of the things that I was saying last week about this was, um, you know, this pricing model it, it seems ridiculous to us in the UK, but it might not be in the US. Well, just just Ink Link uh, 1588 said, excellent discussion. Uh, I've been thinking about charging per hour for drawing or some sort of for custom designs. As far as price in the US, it really depends on where in the US you live. I'm in a fairly yeah. rural area and charge 120 bucks an hour, which is about... 110 quid, something like that. It's not that far away, which is pretty close to UK prices then if you're in rural area. If I live 60 miles away from Pittsburgh, if I live 60 miles away in Pittsburgh, my housing and cost of living would be far more. I'd likely need to charge 150 to 180. So, I mean, that's still not crazy. That's not thousands of pounds an hour uh, to live in the same life I do now. Uh, it would need to be even higher if I was in a major city. So presumably Pittsburgh isn't considered a major city. Oh, yeah. But it would appear that, you know... It's like, you know, Vancouver. Yeah. 
like the fucking prices in Vancouver right. are extortionate, but it's really expensive right. to so, live in Vancouver. You know, it's like it's more expensive to get tattooed so, in London than it is to get tattooed uh, than yeah. it is to get tattooed in Hull, right? Because it's a big the, city the where other, it costs more to live. The other side I was thinking just now of this entire charging for artwork as well is depending. I, I don't know if it's a global thing, but you know, you look at the the cost of living crisis that we're in, and yes, you know, we need people yeah. to tattoo. Right, and people want to get tattoos. Tattooing is a luxury, and if you're adding an extra charge onto that, oh, don't get me. I, I think at, at this point in time, there yeah. will be a lot of people that will not pull the trigger on this until we're, you know, six or eight months up the road. To be honest with you, you know, I think, you know, global events in the next few months will will have a massive bearing on on that kind of stuff of people making these kind of decisions. And I think there'll be people that will never be comfortable yeah. with it, you know, that are just not going to be... Um not going to be interested in that sort of stuff and I think it's fair enough um, Elaine Grosier says because Elaine comments all the time morning Elaine don't forget he thinks you're Canadian Hello, I'm fine if you want to be French Canadian because you know he's like that um, uh, says good morning <laughs> awesome video thanks for your opinions on this the reactions of calling this a scam because the artist charged the design fee got to me it's not because she charges for a drawing and design time that it's automatically a scam the client didn't feel she gave good client service and it seems that uh, she does not have good business practice and that will run her business down. I think, Elaine, I think you've hit the nail on the head with that. I think it's about transparency, being yeah. really like being really human with your clients as much as possible, explaining the fees well before they're engaged in the idea of getting a tattoo, you know, it, so that they know that like, should you decide to get tattooed from me, there's going to be this charge and it's going to cost this amount of money. This is what you can expect to pay. You know, I always tell people when they buy a design from me and they say, right, um, I'd like it done as a sleeve. I always tell them, you know, because it's my artwork, I can tell them pretty accurately how many sessions it's going to take. So you can expect to pay this amount of money and, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I, I think you're absolutely right. I think you've, you know, it's, it's all about communication with clients and making sure that the client understands where they are in the process right now. You know, do you know what I mean? Um, and then Elita Baldridge. Yeah, Elita Baldridge, 6967. And I thought this one was interesting. As a client, I can see the point of increased hourly or project rate model or the design fee model. Um, but the increased hourly rate model makes more intuitive sense to me. Now, I think that's really interesting coming from a client, right? That paying more for the hourly rate and not being told that you're paying for artwork makes more sense to the client. Now, like you were saying earlier, that's because they're used to paying for tattoos and not for all this broken up stuff, right? Uh, and she says, because the medium of the finished project is important. Right? If I, and then go on to say, if I'm working on a piece of hand embroidery or clothing design, I'll typically do a fully coloured rendering on paper of the final design, but it's a necessary step to get to the final product. It's not the final product. I think I'd probably have different feelings about it if I had more, a more of a process-focused background than a product-focused background. But I'd be happy, to, but then it is where it's important, but I'd be happy to pay... Uh, either the artist, um, hang on, e either if the artist was a reasonable human being, which I think, again, is an interesting point of view. If I think no matter what you process, yeah. if you explain it and somebody underst understands what they're paying for at the time, you know, they're coming from a, like, the, I'll pay more for the finished product. Um, and that suits the craftsman kind of idea. I'm like, no, 
my take is pay me for each point of the point of the, the service, right? You know, like, you know, if I'm an architect, you pay me for the drawing of the building and the render of the building, then you pay me to project manage the building as it, as it gets built. And then the final product is a building, but you can't have any of that without every step before. And so, but that's because I'm focused on the value yeah, yeah. of art, right? Because I think the art has to have a value because the tattoo cannot exist without the art. It's as simple as that to me. You know, but you you know you pay your money, you take your choice, and uh, I'm going to finish with this one because this is as many of these as we can fit in this week, um, uh, and this is from Tom P thirty seven seventy. Another great episode. I, I picked this one because I've never heard this phrase before. Opinions are like arseholes. We all have one. But the internet has allowed people to say stuff without the risk of having your chin taken for a spin. <laughs> it's right, though. <laughs> it's fucking right. This you can have on. your chin taken for a spin. I'm like, I'd never heard that phrase before. I actually cracked up. You know, I actually lolled. Proper lolled. No, that, that's like what I said last week, man. It's like all these people making the fucking memes... To being saying doing de- defamatory things about that artist could face legal action. If it does, yeah. If it affects that person's business, if you think what they did was shit, you're entitled to that opinion. But if you share your opinion on a platform in a way where it's very derogatory and it affects that person, they're still a human. They have a job, they have bills, they have a family potentially, and if you are removing the ability for them to live and support their family, pay their bills, pay their rent and so on, you could be liable yeah, for some sort of legal action. He goes on to say, what's the harm in allowing someone uh, run their business how they wish? Uh, the industry is full of sheep that just follow the negative comments and think it's cool. I completely agree with you, mate. I completely agree with you. Um, I think that's a, a uniquely yeah. internet forum uh, thing. Uh, I think it's the the least attractive part of um, the internet comments and trolls. Talking of comments, don't forget, you know, comment your comment down below. Like, subscribe and all that bollocks. I was really impressed with uh, the fact that you weren't all jumping up and down, shouting your feet like a bunch of uh, internet trolls with burning crosses and that everybody's had, you know, as a community, our little community of that tattoo show, it just shows that, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of you guys out there I've got really interesting ideas. You're feeling a lot of the pain of what a lot of other tattooists are going through and are prepared to enter into a conversation. And we, you know, really, really like that sort of stuff, you know, because the whole point of this channel being on this platform, YouTube, shout out to the Spotify listeners, but I don't think you can do comments, so you'll have to come onto YouTube and do that. The beauty of this platform is it's interactive and we can hear what you have to say about what we have to say. Okay, there's a bit of a delay week to week, but it's but it's a, it's really great for us to be able to hear the feedback that we're getting and stuff like that. So with that, uh, this has been That Tattoo Show, episode 115. I've been Paul. I've been Chris. Tell the lawyer, tell the judge, tell the priest. Tell all you lot that you're fucking amazing bunch of nearly 10,000 bastards. We're nearly, nearly there. You know, we're not doing too bad. We are nearly there. Uh, you blow us away every week. Three years now. Now we've had our birthday. Um, happy birthday to I us. I can't believe it's fucking, fucking three years, Fucking three years, years mate. We've been like, well. from a conservatory in a kitchen to here, you know, I'm just sitting around with a load of packing blankets around me at the moment because my soundproof is not finished. <laughs> Doesn't feel like I've come very far from the fucking conservatory, to be fair. But with that, guys, we appreciate every one of you. We love your comments. Uh, we love doing these kind of shows where we get to we get to talk about what you think of the world of tattooing instead of just what we think about it all the time. And hopefully, between us, 
we can all make the world of tattooing a little bit better. Make the world a better place. Yeah, we can make the world a better place. You know what I mean? Gonna throw my arms around the world and give it a great big hug. This has been the uh, the tattoo show. We've been your purple and your preachers, and we'll see you next week, guys. Take care. Yeah, take it easy. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs>